0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audible, AudibleTrial, dot L.com forward slash swoopsworld.
1: You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network.
0: Another edition of Swoop World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Edition of Soups World late night, February 10th, 2016. Looking forward to a good show tonight. Bob Case will be joining us in just a few minutes, uh, followed by Anthony Davis. Plenty to talk about there. What's going on over at USC, uh, Super Bowl, just uh, a, a lot of different topics that so we'll be, uh, you know, broaching with both of those guys. So we're looking forward to doing that. It's great to listen to the, the replay that, that was on uh, prior to us going live. Andrew Peterson. Man, he's a he's a great author, uh, a guy that we like a lot. Uh, he's you know he's he he was written the uh, Nathan McBride series, and uh, those of you who are fans of our show know how much I enjoy those series. And I found out this week that uh, you know there's some interest there in Hollywood for the entire series. So uh, keep your fingers crossed, and hopefully that gets picked up, and uh, we we'll get to see a Nathan McBride movie because I I would look forward to that, and. You know, it's just to be exciting. I I love his books. Uh, I I read them all and look forward to the next one that comes out. And and, uh, the adventures of uh, Nathan McBride and and Harvey Fontana. It's always a a lot of fun. I'd just like to remind you you're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. And uh, of course, I'm on tonight and tomorrow. I get to co -co host with uh, Xander Gibb. At Xrad Daily over on Blog Talk Radio, and you can check that out at Blog Talk Radio Xandemonium and that show comes on 5 p.m. Pacific time, which I think that's about eight in the East Coast, and that's always a fun time too. We're going to take our first break and come back and get Bob Case on the line, and uh, we'll do this, as they say, we'll do this thing. Listen to the Swoops on the Talk Story Radio Network. Back after this.
2: Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of RAD. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you.
1: Sleep all day, I know where you're
3: going. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine.
2: Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast.
1: At seven, I shower. Every day I wake for
3: up For
0: those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: You are listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a shot ball on the wall, and you're listening to Swoops World.
0: And welcome back to Swoops World. Like uh, I so we're going to be talking to Bob Case here in about a minute. He should be calling in any moment now. But uh, what did you guys think about that Super Bowl game? Uh, you know, a lot of talk about. Uh, the game, uh, whether or not it uh, was uh, Peyton Manning's last game. Uh, so we're going to be, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to, to watch somebody who's accomplished so much uh, play in his last, what could possibly be his last game, and that, that game being a championship game. You know, uh, John Elway did it and uh, left right after that. And, um, you know, maybe Peyton uh, is going to do the same thing. Uh, nice defensive struggle. I know a lot of people I, I've talked to, you know, they want to see more offensive Things in the uh, Super Bowl, but um, you know, as long as it's a good game, I'm good with that. You know, I don't need to see a blowout. Uh, The two best teams in the league are playing. You you expect it to be difficult, you expect it to be close, and uh, you know, nice defensive struggle. There's some mistakes on offense on both sides, uh, but uh, real interesting game. I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm hoping uh, most of you did too. They, you know, large viewership. I think it was the second most watched Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Um, you know, we had a lot, all the, all the ceremonial things that go on before the game. And uh, here we go. We'd like to take this time to welcome back to the show our good friend and uh, just a, just all around great guy Bob Case to the show. Uh, welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you, Keith. How's it been going, buddy? It's going great, man. For our our listeners that don't know, Bob, uh, you know he's had a, a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, uh, varied career. Uh, he's done so many different things. He was uh, previously the uh, vice president of the International Boxing Association. He was manager for Casey Stingle. He worked in the, uh, the uh, you know, California Angels organization. Um, but uh, thank, thank you so much for joining us again, Bob. Well, it's
3: an honor to be on your show, uh, Keith. And uh, you know, it's just number one, it's nice to be alive. But it's great <laughs> to talk to my old friend Keith you know, Lewis. So.
1: Yeah,
0: they got bucket. <laughs> well, we got plenty to talk about, and, and we're going to. We me just check one thing here on some, some levels. And, uh, but we have plenty to talk about, and you and I have, have chatted many times about a lot of things, but one of the things we consistently have talked about has been, uh, the USC pro- football program. You're a big supporter. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, we've, we talked about, uh, the athletic director over there quite a few times, Pat Hayden. I understand he uh, went, ended up in the hospital today, but uh, today, yeah, ab- absolutely. They said uh, I think he's been released, but he uh, uh, collapsed uh, somewhere with shortness of breath. They rushed him to the hospital, but they say he's resting comfortably now. Uh, I didn't hear that he's in the hospital today. Yeah, just uh, this afternoon. Wow. That's yeah. Hard to hear that. Yeah. I don't want to see anything uh, happen to somebody like that, but uh, no, not at
3: all. No, man, I mean just... that job might have been just too much pressure for. You know, all the stuff. You know, it's, it's a lot of pressure, you know. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear. You. So I hope he's okay. I really do because, you know, nobody deserves that kind of stuff. You know what I
0: mean? No, no, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that, whether or not you know what his health, what his health has been this last uh, year or so. Um, you know, I guess they said similar symptoms were, uh, in, uh, were experienced during the Notre Dame game. Uh, we, we remember that, and uh, but they said this is so, something a little bit different. But uh, from all for all uh, indications, uh, they say he's, he's home now, resting, and uh, I don't know. That's I mean, you know, with HIPAA laws and, and privacy. You know, you know, he's entitled yeah, to that. You're course. entitled to that with your medical pro, you know, problems. So, right, I know. I mean, it
3: it, it certainly makes me. Uh, you know, it just makes me feel bad that he's had to be under all this pressure. You know, what I mean, he probably should have been on a less pressure job. You know, I mean? Because I don't wish, I don't wish poor health on anybody. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it's horrible. You know, you're not sorry. You're not really empty. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, Bob. Um, you know, I, we 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 we've talked in the past and. Then, and I've made no uh, bones about it. I didn't like to, I didn't like him uh, as the athletic director. Um, I'm I'm glad that uh, he stepped down or is stepping down in June uh, for whatever reasons. Um, you know, there are a lot of things happen over the over the course of his term. Um, they see, you know, they, I'm reading an article recently, a letter published by the president of the university that says, you know, he in, inherited some harsh uh, treatment from the NCAA, which is true. Um but he's uh he's getting a lot of credit for things. Uh you know, you you're you're kinda closer to the to the program than I am. Give me your thoughts.
3: Well, Keith, I had a lot of uh, you know, powerful alumni that got that same letter and they they actually uh, I, my comment to them is when they sent him the letter they should have sent him a bucket with it to throw up in. You know, uh, in other words, that letter was the biggest crock of shit I've ever read in my life. I mean let's be honest. You know, all I wanna do is be honest. You know, uh, that guy, uh, he's writing that later to save his own ass because he's the one that hired him, you know. And in other words, if you want to read the truth around there, read Ricky Ellison's letter. He read that letter, didn't he? Yes. Yes. You can get that on the Internet. I mean, that's the facts about what all the things that happened there, and not one of them was mentioned in Nikias' letter. You know, so all he was doing was talking to... Uh, what a hero is because you got women's lacrosse and and uh, you know women's volleyball. Hey, Keith, when's the last time anybody ever came up to you and said, "Hey, Keith, did you hear what's going on? Was, Who's winning the women's lacrosse?" <laughs> you know. And in and, 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 and other words, this is Keith. We ta- We've talked about this before. USC, every sport there, and I love baseball. And Rod Dato was one of my dearest friends, and his son Justin is a dear friend. But baseball, basketball, track. Women's lacrosse, swimming, you know, volleyball, all that stuff is college sports. Their football team is professional football. In other words, they're getting as much money to go to the Coliseum as any NFL team in America. And they get bigger crowds than most of them. And they get top 10 revenue money. They get bowl money. They get all this money. And these, and they don't have to pay millions of dollars to college athletes who are walking around with no money in their pockets. Right. Half these kids from the inner city, you know, they're happy to have a hamburger. You know what I mean? So, and they're selling this stuff and making millions of dollars. So football is, that's the most major thing. I don't want to hear about women's lacrosse. I don't want to hear about, you know, as I told you before, the basketball team, whatever they do, can't pay for the towels in the football locker room. So, you know, the bottom line is, you know, football's a deal over there, and, you know, it's been really, uh, you know, yeah he came in there when they were under probation. Let me just tell you something. Mike Garrett was there for 17 years, a black man, 17 years, was one play short of winning three national championships under his tutelage, right. uh, you know, had, had three Heisman Trophy winners, had, a, a, you know, a... a three Heisman Trophy winners. I think he had a, a Baletnikoff Award winner. He had a, you know, he had all these, he had a John Mackey Award winner and Fred Davis. He had all these guys and all, many All-American football players. How many NFL players came out of, there, out of there under his tooth? How many kids graduated from college? What do they do? Macias fires him for saying that the NCAA are jealous and they just want to be Trojans. He fires him for that. Yeah. Now, look what Hayden got away with. Has he ever fired he sends a letter saying what a great job he did after five years. And we've gone through all the, the, the things over, the, over our conversations before. Right. I mean, you could go, it would take it would take us the, whole, the rest of your whole show to talk about all the mishaps. You know what I mean? Jumping in coaches' arms like they won the Super Bowl, fighting with officials, being fired $25,000, having Wendell White kicked off the field, you know, a kid that's idolized by all these black kids. You know, I mean, just on and on and on and on and on and on and on, not handling the Sarkisian thing like when he said the f bomb in front of a bunch of alumnus that salute Detroit, you know. I mean, on and on and on. You could go on and on and on, not fighting the NCAA. You know, that we had attorneys that wanted to fight the NCAA, and they could have won, but he didn't fight them. And that president of the NCAA was a former Miami athletic director and who is no longer with us, but he's the one that put all those penalties on SC.
1: Right.
3: I mean, you penalized Reggie Bush, and you put a death penalty on that university because his stepfather, who is no longer his stepfather, he's divorced from his mother, takes money from an agent 250 miles away from campus? How is Reggie Bush supposed to know about that? He's a 21-year-old kid. How is he living at SC? How is he supposed to be responsible for what his father does. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And they throw the death penalty at the school, and then then they take his Heisman Trophy away, and Hayden just takes it sitting down. You know, he's like having Obama run an SC. You know what I mean? In other words, the guy, is he's not going to say, Obama hasn't said the word terrorist yet, to my knowledge. So, in other words, Hayden would not address the NCAA. He took everything sitting down. He doesn't go back to Indianapolis using, you know, political stuff with his kid for a shield, using SC... And they're paying him. Now, think about this, Keith. Mike Garrett was getting under a million dollars a year for most of his tenure at SC. Right. I think he finally got into a million the last year or two. Hayden is making $2.5 million. Two point five. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, in other words, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on. And I've said, forget the Oxford shit and the Rhodes Scholar. Get me a guy with a third education, third grade education that knows how to treat people. That knows how to talk to people. that knows how to, that has people that like him, former teammates that like him, and, and the public that likes him, you know? So, you know, I mean, you know, don't get me going on this stuff. You know, it, it's a complete, but I've always said if life were fair, there wouldn't be a children's hospital.
1: Yeah. You
3: understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So You know, but it, there is so much crap going on there, and I've always said the fish thinks at the head first. And that guy that hired him, I'd like to know how much money he's going to get for this pimp job over at the Coliseum that they gave him. Yeah. You know, well that's two and a half million a year too. I'd really like to know that. Uh, you know, take you know, then I go to this recruit dinner on uh, last Wednesday and they announced all the recruits all you know, talked to all the coaches and, you know, he Brian Kennedy, who he got in a fight with because he berated him in front of his friends and fellow donors at a basketball team because Brian thought Sarkisian should or Kippen should have been fired, which he finally did a month later. Right. Uh be berates him He's never apologized. He's never done a thing, and he did not. not we're in the Brian Kennedy room at this dinner the other night. The, the room is named, the football field is named Brian Kennedy Field. Right. He just wrote a huge check to have the turf put in there, you know, and all this stuff. This son of a gun wouldn't even recognize him. He recognized all the other donors, all the other trustees, all the other people. But Brian is sitting right in front of him, right in front of him with uh, – You know, some other big donors and some coaches and stuff, you know, didn't recognize him. And that's just, that's the, I haven't, I've been to those dinners and he hasn't done it since I've been going there. So, you know, his ego is so big and and why he has an ego, I don't know. You know, in other words, I do not know. If he hadn't been J.K. McKay's roommate, you and I wouldn't be talking about him because we wouldn't even know who he is. And then he (laughs) makes fun, then he makes fun of J.K. McKay saying, I heard him say the other day that, The only guy he ever played for was his father. Are you kidding me? The the same same guy he
0: played for, right?
3: Yeah. In other words, if anybody, not J.K. McKay, if anybody profited from John McKay, it was Pat Aiden. In other words, he's been writing that bell out for his whole life. And, and, you know, like I say, you know what we say in baseball? You know, I told you this before, you know, the guy woke up on third one day and he's dumb enough and arrogant enough to think he had a triple. You
0: know? <laughs> so. you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, we're reflecting on this letter that the, 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 uh, the president sent out. Um, he gives, he gives. Well, uh,
3: well, that made me want, I'm telling you, I, I had about five people me that letter I couldn't believe.
0: Well, and everybody asked, that read it couldn't believe. Let me ask you this, because he gives them credit for uh, doing a lot of, uh, you know, having the kids do a lot of, uh, uh, things in the community, and I remember years and years ago, before Hayden was athletic director, when um, um, Pete Carroll was still there. Uh, Absolutely. Th- there it was, was a, in the a special, on, yeah, him doing uh, him and having the Absolutely. kids do a lot of stuff in the inner city. My daughter,
3: she graduated from USC in 2002. She was a Pi Phi sorority, was down there for four years, and would graduate in 2002. When she was there, they had a community outreach program back then yeah. so this didn't come when Pat Hayden came Do you understand what I'm saying right they had they were they were fixing up the city community outreaches all the students so that is the you know it, like I said if that, 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 that letter made me uh, I just couldn't believe it you know but why is the guy writing the letter
0: well that's just, face the, behind this him. is what I'm gonna ask you you know I I, I get uh, you know people want to thank people publicly for, and this kind of stuff uh, but you know, a lot of things I have heard from you know other people too. There are a lot of things in this letter that simply aren't true, and I, I think if you're president of university, uh, you should fact check these things. Or or, 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 or is there a reason that uh, maybe they're maybe they're true-ish and you exaggerate? As I told
2: you before, he owes this guy Hayden
3: was a trustee there for whatever reason. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. He's never given ten cents to that university, as far as I know, mm-hmm. but. He he was a trustee there, and and this guy was uh, Hayden recommended him to be hired, so this guy probably feels indebted. And then when he hires him, he gives him two and a half million. After Garrett gets a million, did you see a letter they sent out when they fired Mike Garrett about that? Did you see any letter about all the all the accomplishments he had, how many Heisman Trophy winners he had, how many? You know, I mean, the whole thing is, you know, I, I, I told you I was at the opening of the McKay Center. When yeah. they when they were gonna, when when Nikias got up and said we're going to name Heritage Hall the Patrick C Hayden Hall of Champions, I, I you know so you know it's like you know I I'm just amazed at all this. It's a love affair. It's like a love affair, you know. Yeah. So Hayden could do no wrong as long as that guy's there, you know. So and but but it is what it is, you know. That's what life is. That's politics. Pol- politics, as we know, is corrupt. You know, it's like a joke. It's a joke. These political guys, you know, they're, they're no different than the mob to me. You know, or or the boxing business, or anything else. It's all everything is corrupt. And it's favoritism and who you know, and you know, and and how lucky you were, and you know why you started in college and why this and why that. There's, you know, I mean, you know, today there's black quarterbacks. You know, that can actually play today. You know, back in those days there wasn't any. Yeah. You know what I mean? They moved into uh, running back. And they moved into to uh, safety and they yeah. became all Americans of running back and safety like Charles Phillips did. He was a quarterback at Blair High School. Yeah. And A D was a city player of the year, as a left handed Michael Vick of his day. And they moved him to a running back. Right. You know, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's the world is different today and we're all but I mean, when I see certain things going down over at that place, certain things with certain people and certain people from certain backgrounds seeing how they're treated. I see what's going on. You know, and a lot of it, I wouldn't even say on your show, but I know what's going on. And and most of the people around there know what's going on. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I
3: mean, why certain people are fired and why certain people are brought back and why, why was, you know, you know, I had a, a player the other day, tell me that everything, he, this is a guy who was an all American, played in the NFL. He owed everything in his life to coach. O, wow. Everything in his life. Wow. So, you know, um, the bottom line is, like, and I hear it all the time, over and over and over again. So, you know, and he's fired, fired, you know. And I, you know, I mean, I think Kelton's a great guy, and I'm 100% behind him in his staff. I think he's got a great staff. I really do.
1: Yeah. I
3: think I think he's very lucky, and he's got Clancy Pendergrass, and he's got, you know, they brought John Baxter back, the special teams coach. He's got, a, again, his brother. They tell me his brother's a real good coach. So, you know, his brother's going to have his back. And, and I think Clay's a nice guy. I really do. I think I think he's going to bring, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. I really am. I'm 100% behind him. I really am. So I'm always a Trojan fan. I always root for him. And, you know, who they get as an athletic director, you know, whoever it is, they'll be better off than they are today. Well, let me ask you that.
0: I'm. That's a good point. But if, if, if this uh, president is uh, so enamored with uh, Hayden, uh, you think Hayden's going to have some input on his successor? Uh, you know, they
3: said he won't, but I guarantee you he will. In yeah. other words, you know, I've heard rumblings that they're going to bring Mark Jackson back. You know, who was a Hayden clone, and you know, and you know, this whoops guy is probably that. He's been around there for years, and people like him. His son's on the team. You know, and uh, you know, he's but but they're, they I hear they want to go outside, and they're probably. That's the other thing, you know. They, they, you know, they, you know, there's a guy at Arizona that hired Rich Rodriguez and hired the the basketball coach there, and he's a Pac-12 guy. He's got experience, you know. The only experienced athletic director they've ever had is Mike McGee, and uh, you know, being an attorney in L.A. for some firm is not being an athletic director at USC. Does that make sense? In other words, you're not. In other words, you need. To, I think they need to bring in a guy that's experienced, you know. And if they have to go out of the Trojan family to do that, so be it. You know, I mean, Pete Carroll was not a part of the Trojan family, and he was one place short of three national champions. You right. know what I mean? Right. So if you have to go outside of the Trojan, Mike McGee was there, and you know, a lot of people didn't like him, but he was the only outsider they've ever hired in the history of SC as an athletic director. From, from you know, from Jess Hill to John McKay to. He's the only outside of Mike Merritt. Mike Darrow was an insider of I him and all these guys. But, you know, they may have to do that. So we'll, we'll see.
0: What are the chances? But, you
3: know, Go ahead. No, what were you going to
0: say? What was no, I was, what are the chances, you know, of, uh, you know, I, I throw this out there. I know it's, a, I know it's an outside chance. Uh, and, and, and this person, I don't know, has it, it, I'm pretty sure. Well, I know doesn't have the experience as an athletic writer. But big-time USC alumni, uh, you know, played played professionally. Uh, seem to be well liked. Uh, what about Cheryl Miller?
3: Well, um, I've had certain people say. I think I told you privately. Uh, um, you know, there's a, there, you know, I've heard all kinds of names mentioned, but I, I I've heard, I've heard Daryl Gross, the old. I, I think she'd be good. I think she'd be great. I really do. But will she ever be given a chance under that regime that fired Mike Garrett? I really doubt it. You know, Daryl Gross is the one that hired Pete Carroll under Mike Garrett. Will he be given a chance there? I really doubt it. You know, yeah. uh, in other words, I know what's going on around that place. Right. And you and I have talked about it privately. Yeah. I doubt if Cheryl Miller would be given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Even Lynn Swan, who is like uh, a Hayden clone, I doubt if he'll be, you know, considered. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I've heard all these names thrown out there. And, uh, you know, it, it's you know who knows i mean they, he's hired a, but i also heard that the, the, the organization he hired to look for coaches has never hired a sports person before you know really so they hire something they start this this organization you know they're looking for accountants and for vice presidents the ceos of company. they've never hired a, an athletic director before you know do so they really know where to look you know what i mean yeah. so hopefully you know they'll go and they'll get some input from some important people around there you know the the Wayne Hughes and the Brian Kennedys and so important people, you know, and you know that have kind of been alienated by this current regime. Hopefully they'll ask some input of, you know, it's one of the, you know, I, I think some of those people that give so much of themselves should have at least a say in there, you know what I mean? And how about ex-players, you know, how about ex-All-Americans, which, had, you know, that 72 national championship team, which Mike Ray was a starting quarterback on and Hayden was on that team, and the 74, and I, I've never seen any of those guys around there. Sam Cunningham's the only guy I even see go around there. Yeah. But I've never seen, you know, any of them invited back. I talked to a lot of them. They've never been invited around there. Hey, come on and share the limelight with me, you know? Come on, be a guest of, of us, you know? Come over here. Here's some tickets for you guys. Come on, and be, just be out. Let us announce you on the field. That's
0: you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. That's, you, know, so. you know, it's very interesting because you, uh, you see a lot, lot of schools, a lot of big 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 schools uh, where uh, prominent alumni, uh, you know, they're, they're spotlighted. You know, before the game, after the game, you see them. Uh, you you, know, you hear the, you know, you watch a game on TV, and then they say, "Oh, this guy played, uh, you know, back in the late '70s, and he did this and he did that, and uh, he's here, and, and you know, his, you know, he's here frequently. His kid plays this and like that." And like you said, you don't see a lot of that there. And and I'm looking at this. No. I'm looking at the name you you mentioned uh, is Nick Brill. He's a principal co-founder of Brill Newman Executive Search Firm. Now, um, I mean, athletic director is an executive position, but uh, you think if they, you think they have to look for something differently because it's a, it's sports related, or you think these guys, uh, you know, they just look for the right executive for you know in, in a certain you know realm of, of leadership.
3: I mean, there are, uh, uh, Keith, there are so many qualified guys right in this city that could be qualified to do that you now, but would they ever be given a shot? You know, who knows? You know, it's all political, you know. I mean, you know, it's like, um, you know, Ricky Ellison, who took all these shots about what's going on. He has no nothing to gain from taking shots. He's just a guy that is a, is a true Trojan, you know. He played for SC, played in the NFL. He's very successful in his own personal. But he has no gains to take shots at that place. Right. He has no personal. He just said the truth. He spoke the truth, you know. And, uh, you know, so it's like, you know, I mean, and the other day at that dinner, Another shot of J- poor J.K. McCain. Hey, J.K., stand up. Hey, Mike Pittman, that's your new wide receiver. This is what they had to throw to. This is what I had to throw to. You know how many times I've heard that? That is such a crock of crap. J.K. McCain, number one, if you look at the old films, which you can get them to the Internet, look at the Rolls Bowl, look at the Notre Dame game. He had his... He may be a slow white guy, but he had those guys beat by five yards. Yeah. I could have completed a pass.
1: <laughs> he was wide,
3: he was wide open. You understand what I'm saying? Right. In other words, it was it wasn't like and he also had a guy named Lynn Swan to throw to him, a guy named Charles Young who played 14 years in the NFL as an all pro player. You know, I, you know, don't. I mean, I'm tired of hearing that stuff. You know what I mean? And it's an insult to JK. You know, he, he probably takes it because he has to be there, but it's not funny. I don't think it's funny anymore. You know. In other words, you know, making cracks like the only guy he ever played for was his father, that's a—that's that's an insult to him. And I don't think he should be using anybody else as his, uh, you know, joke crackers. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I thought they were, I mean, I thought they, they, they've been friends since they were teenagers, right? And, and this Yeah, they are friends, supposedly. Yeah, but
3: yeah. I, I, if I had a friend, you think I would make fun of him and belittle him in front of people? No. Use him as the brunt of my jokes?
0: this is the, this is the reputation this guy has i mean and this is one of the yeah. reasons oh, i know one of the reasons i was uh, you know didn't uh, a lot of things he did were not um did not conducive to, to, to a leader to a leadership you know leadership position as not at you know, all. athletic not at all. director yeah. you know so uh, you know it's 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 good that uh, he stepped down i uh, hope he hope he stays healthy um i don't know what his i do position, too
3: i really do yeah. I, I want him to I hope he lives to be a hundred years old. I mean, I want him to be healthy and you know, He's, you know, he is what he is. You know, but I, he's just not cut out to be an athletic director. You know, I'm not cut out any more than I am. You know, if you said, Bob, would you like to be an athletic director? I see that say, hey, Keith. I've done a lot of things in my life, but I don't think I'm cut out to be that. You know. But if you said, Bob, here's two and a half million. Would you like to be athletic director? <laughs> well, well, Keith, let me try it for a few years. Yeah.
1: Can, you, can you let me
3: try it?
0: Yeah. And then if
3: I and then if I don't do good, can you give me a job for another year helping the Coliseum
0: for another two and a half? Years? You'd slide right in. You'd, you'd have no problem. You'd figure it out. Yeah, you you can yeah, figure absolutely. things out, brother. That's what I know about yeah. you. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, hey. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, whoever steps in there is is somebody who can uh, who can uh, bring back the uh, the class to the position. You know? And, yeah, I,
3: absolutely. You know, were, you know, somebody was telling me the other day. He said, "You know, Helton. You know, they're bringing a new athletic director. <laughs> I never thought about this. You know, most athletic directors like to have their own head coach. <laughs> 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 you know, it's
0: like, oh wow. You, know, you see what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, what I meant." Well he's been but, through a, uh, he's been through a lot. You know, the thing you know, is
3: interesting. Helton handles Hilton, pressure real well, i got to say that. You he, know, the he, guy the guy really is I think he's a good man and I think he's a good role model for the kids to look up to. I mean all the players like him and I have been you know, he's a he's a gentleman. He's got class, he knows how to treat people, you know, he knows how to talk to people. So I I give Clay Helton all the respect and I, I I'll be a fan of his and going for it, you know.
0: No, here's a guy who stepped up as interim coach twice, and, uh, and,
3: and absolutely, so he did a great job in that bowl game on one game. He coached that one year, you know. Had, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really glad he got an opportunity. That's that. You know, I really hope that all works out. I really, I'll be pulling for him. Hope he has a 20 year career there. I really do.
0: What do you think about the new recruits?
3: I think they got a great recruiting class. You know, they did. You know, I mean, I'm so glad they have Johnny Nansen, who's half Samoan. They got rid of Kennedy Palamulu, and. Tui Yasoka who are Samoans. They're over here grabbing the Samoans over there. But Johnny Nansen is not Samoan and he was responsible. He's a great guy, a good recruiter, and, you know, so uh, team art and I mean, they got some, they got a good staff around there. I'm, I'm very impressed, you know. And Clancy Penegrass is gonna uh, you know, I have had I said, guys in the painting room tell me nothing but good things about what he taught them. And you know, they got that kid that's the uh the, the new defensive back coach, he played 11 years in the NFL, a real nice kid. Yeah.
1: Uh,
3: he played, you know, a really nice kid. I mean, I, I think they're on, on that. The Tommy Robinson has been there before. He's a running back coach. So, you know, and they got um, the, the offensive line coach. I've heard nothing, I didn't meet him, but I hear he's a great coach. So, I'm really, you know, and I've always said, no, that's where Clay's smart. If you, Ronald Reagan, you know, he said he had Reagan's cabinet. He had all these great people around him. You know what I mean? And even even Nixon had Kissinger. You know what I mean? You look you look at the the, the great surround. John McKay had Dave Levy. He had Marv Goo. He had Craig Fertig. He had you know all of these great coaches around him. So you look the great surround the, And and college assistant coaches are so important.
1: Right. So
3: you know I mean Clay did the right thing by getting rid of those things. I mean I I was all for that. I'm so happy he did that because now he's going to have a legitimate chance. And he's got you know I don't expect him to. Alabama, or, or they could be zero two, or something. But that, he's—I he, think he'll bring that team up. I really do, because all the players like him, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really encouraged about him. I really am. He's a class guy. He's a family man. He's—you know—he's—he's he's a good role model. He's a guy you'd want your kid to play for. Does that make sense? They used to say Mike Riley, the coach at Oregon State. I've heard many people tell me they said, and he was turned down an SC job, not—you know—back back when, but he's now at Nebraska. But they said of all the coaches, he's a coach you want your kid to play for because he sincerely cares about the kids. He really, even the walk-ons, he treats the same as he does the scholarship career, You know, and that's I get the same feeling about helping. He really likes these kids, and that's who I want coaching my son if I had a son. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, before we wrap things up, Bob, I got a couple other things I, I want to talk to you about. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've mentioned it before. Last year, you lost your, your best friend, Dean Chance. Uh, you guys were running the the IBA, um, and I know there's some transition there. Has has that been completed, or what's going on with that? No, they're still
3: talk- they were, they're still having IBA fights. So they've had a couple, and uh, you know they're talking about selling it to uh, to uh, uh, an organization in France. So you know, if that happens, you know, people ask me, am I going to stay on? And I said, you know, I, I was there mainly because of my you know I've known Dean since I was 17 years old. Yeah. So you know. Um, it was more of a fellowship thing. So, you know, yeah, you know, it's nice to make money, but it was a fellowship thing. I did it because I love boxing, and Dean was my best friend. You know, I mean, Bo Bolinski and Dean Chance were like, you know, they I was their like their younger brother. They took me under their wing when I was working for the Angels. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And Dean, God, I miss him. You know, I was I was talking to Al the Bull Ferrari today. He's a Dodger outfielder. Back in the '60s, and I said, "Oh, what do you do?" And I said, I, "I have a picture of Dean in my office." And I look up at it and I said, "Oh, I gotta call Dean."
1: Yeah.
3: And then I can't call him, you know. And it's still—I'm still not over it, you know. What I mean, it's—it's it's like I still—you know what? Al said to me, he says, "Well, Bob, you know, he Johnny Podres is his best friend. He's a pitcher the Dodgers. Yeah. He lost Johnny a few years ago, and he says, "You know what I try to do, Bob? i he said, i talk to Johnny's wife at least once a month, and I can't talk to Johnny, but I try to stay." with people I lose, I try to stay in touch with their kids or their family and, you know, and uh, hopefully we'll all meet again. You know what I mean, Keith? That's what I hope. I hope we'll all meet again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hope, uh, I believe, you know, I believe we will and that's what I want to believe because uh, nobody knows why we're here or what all my angles are, you know, you know, I just, you know, that, you know, we all can do the best we can and treat people as nice as we possibly can and do as much good for the other human being. And that's all we can do, you know, and leave our mark here, you know, and try to live as much, you know, as, You know. by the 12. Uh, i got to ask you, what did you think of the Super Bowl?
0: I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I, I think when you have the two best teams in the league, you should have a nice, tight game. Uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, listen, I enjoy scoring as much as the next guy, and, I, I, and I, don't get me wrong, I, I do enjoy a good blowout. But it was good to see a good defensive stand. It was good to see uh, – you know, I I had a bunch of people talk to me, and and AD talked to me about it, and I said, "Listen, this game, because everybody was, was counting Denver out." And I said, "You know, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty pleased with myself." I said, "I've watched Carolina play, uh, you know, several games this season. They run up the score in the first half, and then they don't score in the second half. And I, you know, Seattle almost came back on them. Somebody else almost came back on them. They didn't score in the second half much until the last playoff game. And I said, if Denver could stay tight with them in the first half. Denver can win this game, and uh, not only did they stay tight with them in the first half, but I think Denver had the lead the whole game. So uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit.
3: I got to tell you a funny story. I I, uh, I just want to say this. I've had people ask me about it, and I said I've been watching football since before you around, Keith, and I've seen them all. All the great linebackers. I've seen Buckus. I've seen you know Singletary. I've seen. Uh, you know, all these guys, you know, all of them, for all the years, Joe Schmidt with the Detroit Lions, I've seen Les Schertz at the Rams. See, I have never seen in my life two games like Von Miller had against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots where they were underdogs and against Cam Newton and the Carolina Cougars where they were underdogs. That guy, those two games make him a Hall of Fame. But to me, immediately, I have never seen anybody have that much say as a defensive player in a game in games that important I mean that guy and you want to hear something I have a friend Anthony Miller who played he went to John near high school I knew his mom and he played I think in mean, five or six Pro Bowls with the Denver Broncos and we were talking and one of the coaches there told our buddy Eason, the Denver players were watching film of Carolina but they were focusing more. This is very interesting to me for two weeks, more on Cam Newton's celebrations than they were on the actual play. And that said volumes to me. In other words, in other words, you were a defensive player, Keith. If you saw some guy belittling you and celebrating at your expense, how would that make you feel? Especially if you saw it for two weeks every day. On You know, so, uh, I think he kind of got his ass handed to him, you know, and uh, I didn't see too much celebrating from him. Did you in the Super Bowl?
0: (laughs) Not at all. And, you know, it goes back to, uh, it came back to bite him in the ass because halfway through the season, somebody complained about all the celebration, and they asked him about it, and he said, you don't want to see me dance? Don't let me get in the end zone. Well. That's right. I mean, I I guess they didn't want to see him dance. Keith, I used to always
3: tell people, Johnny Amandis could not complete a pass on his ass. And and you get these guys, whether it was SC with Josh Rosen this year, right before halftime, where he tastes a little grass for a little bit, gets his butt, his bell rang a couple times. Did you notice how many errant passes Camden threw 10 yards over their heads? Did you see Brady throwing errant passes you know, against them? Why? Because Von Miller and, and DeMarcus Ware... And that ex-Trojan Malik Jackson were in their faces. Do you understand what I'm saying? They were in. They were all over them. Well, so yeah. you know, you say to yourself, you know, I could. Hey, I'm I'm an old man. I could go out there and complete a pass I And mean, then if you look at the great SC teams, look at the Matt Lineker and Carson Palmer teams. Look at nobody talks about the offensive line. Look at the offensive linemen. I mean, look at them. You had Deuce Latouille, all American playing and played in the NFL. You had. You know, Sam Baker, who later was a three-time All-American, played with the Atlanta Falcons. You had, you could go right through the loop. Winston Justice, you know, a great player that played with the Philadelphia Eagles. You could go, I can name all those linemen. You know, Jeff Bregel in the 80s was a two-time All-American. You know, great lineman. You, you know how many great linemen they've had in the history of SC? I mean, Anthony Munoz, Ron Yeri, yeah. you know, Bruce Matthews. I mean, I could go on and on and on and name an offensive lineman. You know, I mean, they talk about SC's running when, when, when Hayden and AD were there. They had Pete Adams and they had, you know, they had all these great offensive linemen. John Mella, you know, great linemen. And SC, I think, you know, they talk about running back university. How about offensive linemen, university? I mean, they've had some great offensive linemen over the years.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, Khalil
3: uh, and Matt Khalil. Yeah, Matt Khalil was in the Pro Bowl his first year with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And then his brother Ryan Coyle was in his sixth Pro Bowl this year and started in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's like man, there's, there's so many, you know, you forget how many have come out
0: of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, uh, you know, you mentioned something, uh, you know, the the, the reason those you know, when these quarterbacks, you, you know, we used to call it footsteps. They they hear the footsteps, they gotta get rid of that yep. ball. And you're right Absolutely. about uh, Demarcus Ware, that guy is just a beast. I, I don't know how oh, he, he gets across the line so quickly. And he bull rushes guys, which is that's an old that's yep. old school, man. I mean he just of drives guys Absolutely. into the quarterback. And so uh
3: yeah. I saw him do some twirl around moves too for a big guy. You see those twirl arounds? He yeah, a couple where he twirls around. I mean, unbelievable that it's guy. Like yeah. that. There's another guy probably all of them.
0: Oh man, Bob! I could talk to you all night long, brother. But uh, I got yeah, a- I brother, got Ad hey, waiting in the wings, and uh, it's always uh... hey, Keith.
3: I've always said I'm not gay, but if I was doing ten years in the joint, I'd like to use my bunk <laughs> because time would fly. Time Wait, would before
0: we know it, it's uh, seven years down, three to go, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> brother, thank you so much for joining us, man. Okay, and Keith. and uh, we'll, we'll talk God to you real bless. soon, and brother. I, you and too. And Thanks a lot. Let's so all
3: say a little. Let's say, say a little prayer for Pat Aiden. I really hope he's okay.
0: Really Absolutely, so, man. Okay, God All bless. Right. You too. Good night, Bob Case, Everybody, he's always uh, always a, a great uh, the, to talk to and, and, and get to his insight on a lot of things. He's, you know, he, the man has just done so much in his life. Uh, like I said, he, he's, he's worked for uh, you know Casey Stingle, Mickey Rooney, uh, friends with Dean Chance, worked with Dean Chance, worked with the Angels organization a number of years. He's a big time, big time USC fan. Spends a lot of time there. Knows a lot of people there. And uh, we get to hear all kinds of good stuff about what's going on. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and come back with the great Anthony Davis. You're listening to the Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network. And we will be back right after this. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. I'm Casey Reagan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com, and Kelly's live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. Good evening. We'd like to welcome uh, our good friend and colleague to the show, five-time national champion, two-time All-American, uh, the great Anthony Davis, a two-sport athlete over at USC, and uh, played in the NFL, the CFL, the USFL, the World Football League. Pop Warner probably played some flag football too. Will you name it? Welcome back to the show, AD. Yeah,
2: I guess you named everything. I played in the tub too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm not talking about your solo sports (laughs) oh what's that happening brother i'm doing pretty good good we just had uh the one and only the infamous bob case on the show and uh you know we did we did a lot of talking about a lot of things and about usc and uh uh, the athletic director over there, your former teammate, uh, you know, he, he was taken to the hospital today, but I, I re- recently he's, he's resting comfortably at home. So good thoughts go out to him. Uh, you and I have talked about so many things the uh, last couple weeks. Let's just jump right into it. I, you can go ahead and say you called it, Keith, because I did with the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you did, and uh, and, and I, I totally agree with you. If they stay close, with their defense, and then I, I said that they had to protect uh, Peyton. They did that adequately, but that defense is what the key. My old, my criticism of the Panthers was is that uh, the game planning uh, I questioned. I think they I think what they should have done with the talent they had was to run straight at D- Denver. With the talent, I was just I just played power football, ran right at Von Miller and everybody else on that defense. Just run at them and play action. Them. And stuff like that, but they didn't do that. They tried to beat them with Cam's arm. Of course, they made mistakes. Of course, they had drop balls, the fumbles, and stuff. But that was all created by they're not game planning properly, and Denver having a great defense. So uh, they played right into the Denver situation. And you know, they and, they and Denver played a ball control game after that as well. After all the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, frankly, uh, the score could have been way out of control, but. Uh, they kept it that way, 24-10. So, uh, but you called it. What do you and, uh, Go ahead. And you were absolutely right about what happened. If they, if they stayed close, they never had a shot and they did that.
0: Yeah. You had the number one offense in the league versus the number one defense in the league. And, and you know, there, there's always been the, the, you know, the, the stories, and you hear coaches say that defense wins football games, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, when you have that kind of matchup, uh, and like you said, game planning is one thing, and and, and, and preparing for what you're going to be up against, uh, it plays a you know a huge importance. But when you have the top, uh, you know, top offense versus the top defense, who usually pulls out? Uh, you know, who usually uh, prevails in that? Does defense usually prevail?
2: Well, in most cases, you know, the defense prevails. But see, so you could, you had a look. You have a freak athlete in Cam Newton. So if I have an athlete like that, I would build on game plan around protecting him, of course, but exposing him to what he can do at his best. Now, they didn't; eat, the run game was not even part of it. It was his arm and his scrambling ability. Well, when you had two capable running backs, even though one of them fumbled, uh, that could have been a different kind of game because the kind of talent the Panthers had in a proper game plan versus Vaughn Miller and company you run at a guy like Von Miller. Don't let him. Don't let him circle your tackles. You go right at him. Play action. And you run those big backs at him. You put a two back offense in there and, and let Ken play off of that. But they didn't do that. It was a single back situation. Cam's arm and his scrambling ability. Well, with the combination of the mistakes and everything they were doing offensively there versus Denver, uh, Denver's defense, that's what that's what got it. And, and, and like I said, and they pretty much. Their own selves by the, the, the game planning and the turnovers, Right. and even it even still with the turnovers of the twenty fourteen game, if two plays one way or the other, it could have been right back in the game, but didn't happen. Thanks to Denver's defense.
0: When you uh, when you talk talk about planning and, and stuff like that, and, and and game planning for things like this, I know the the, the weight always falls on the head coach uh, when right. it comes comes to things like this, but. How important was it? You know, is this is is it the offensive coordinator? I mean, head coach. You know, you take you know you shoulder all the responsibility. You have the final decision, but uh, you know when it comes to play calling and things like that, uh, and you know, like you said, the, the different things you think what should have been done, does that fall on the, the the shoulders of the head coach or the offensive coordinator? It falls on the
2: whole. It falls on the whole staff, and, and primarily more the offense. I mean, but if you had listen, you had you had players in every position. When you're playing against a defense like Denver, you got to play on all cylinders—tight end, wide receivers, running backs. and you, and, and you, and you got to focus on, okay, how are we going to attack these guys who are supposed to be the best defense in the league? So you got to put all eight cylinders against those those guys. I didn't see any of that. I saw Cam Newton gunning the ball, and then I saw Cam Newton in the fumbles, and I saw the fumbles of running back. And uh, from that standpoint, but even still, if they could have adjusted. The second or the, or the second half, and just used every arsenal piece in their offense. It'd have been a different game. You see, because Cam Newton is the kind of athlete that you can adjust, and he can be a monster. I mean, who's six foot six, two hundred sixty-five pounds running like that? The guy ran like me. I mean, that's. I mean, that is the new standard of the quarterback. That is that is something from another planet. I mean, there's no quarterback in the league with his athletic ability. No one. No one there's no one in the league like that. There's never been anybody in the league like him, period. Right. So if I had a Cam Newton, I'd put I put all kinda of pieces around him to make sure he's efficient to do what he needs to do. I didn't see that. And I don't blame Cam Newton, even though he made some mistakes. But I believe that you got you have to set things up where you gotta keep him protected. And everybody thought talking about protecting Manning, you had to protect him. But you gotta put him in a position where he can flourish along with his other players. Because if he's flourishing, everybody else around him is done. But you got to set up a system where that can happen. And I didn't see it. And, that, and that, i and I've talked to several people about that in the last day or so about that.
0: How important is the previous Super Bowl experience? You know, Denver was there two years ago. A lot of those guys on that team – well, not a lot of them, but uh, there, there's enough of them on that team that have been there before. Uh, whereas uh, I think there was – I don't know. Way fewer um, members of the uh, Panthers. Uh, how important is the the experience of be, being in that uh, environment? I lost you, man. You're breaking up, Ad. Uh, we're gonna have to call Ad back. He, he's uh, breaking up. Let me, just, let me try to give him a call back. Listen to Swoops on the Talk Story Radio Network, and we're listening. We're talking to Anthony Davis, uh, and we're going to give him a call back. It looks like he's going through a bad area, so we'll try this again.
3: Please leave your message for.
0: Yep, let's take a quick break and I'm gonna get him back on the line.
1: Pop, up, up. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air.
0: We got a better connection there, brother?
2: Well, there's something to we, we, we some We got to do something about our phones and
0: stuff here. Yeah, man. <laughs>
2: Uh, but but then anyway, that's, that's the technology of mankind. So anything man-made will break down.
0: Exactly. So, you know, how important is uh, the previous uh, experience? Well, I mean,
2: there's some importance to it. But, you know, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. If you're a player, you're a player. I don't really buying a lot of that stuff. Uh, uh, the thing is, Pete Carroll had his team. Pete Carroll had his team prepared. And i have always to tell you about Pete's team, from college to the pros. It takes a special kind of coach to keep his team focused. I don't, I don't know what the Panthers were doing, but I don't I don't believe that. Okay, Von Miller wasn't there in the first Super the Super Bowl against the, the Seattle Seahawks, but I, I don't buy a lot of that. Uh, they had greater players. The thing is, they made some mistakes early, and, and and the Seahawks capitalized and did what they did. You can't do that with a Pete Carroll team. They took advantage of it, manager, and that was it. Yeah, you know, you know, a lot of people a lot of people think you get nervous and suspense. Well, you know, those are pros. pro. I mean, come on! You know, they are getting paid to play. I don't buy all. I don't
0: buy all of that. The, the uh, let's let's break down a couple of a couple of incidents in the game that got a lot of got a lot of press. Uh, uh, there, the the fumble that uh, Cam didn't go after. He was he, he took a couple of steps towards it and then and then stepped away from it. Uh, it looked like he had a good shot at it. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, you know, Cam
2: six six. And I don't know how he was, I, mean, I I could see why he stepped out because he was so big. If he dove down like that, uh, he could have probably broke his leg or he could have blew his knee out. So I'm, I'm so I'm I could see why he was so close to the ball. All he can do is just drop. He couldn't dive. He just dropped. I and mean, he could have done. He could have made an effort. But I understand why because he he's so big and he was right there over the ball, and he already had people flopping down and he had people coming at him. So,
0: but it's the Super Bowl, bro. It's it's it's. it's, it's, it's it's the championship game, and you, and you got to make sacrifices, right?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you, can, you can, he could he could, have, he could have just on the, fell on the foul, but I don't know what he was going to do fall on the foul. I know it was a sacrifice, but he, just, he was just going to fall. He was going to be a lumbering jack falling on top of people because he had no shot at that ball, from what I saw. But the way people perceived it, he didn't want to get all tangled up in it.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's how it looked. I mean, that's it looked like he uh, it, looked, it looked like he took a couple steps toward and then and then backed away from it. Uh, somebody, uh, I think, some lineman fell on it after that. But um, well, so the ball, as soon as the ball
2: came out of saying he should have been on, on top of it. He was trying to find it, locate it. But by the time he was looking, people were all right at the ball. Yeah. So uh, he was. He didn't know where it was, and then when he saw it, it was right on top of him, and all he had to do was just drop. Well, he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he thought awkward or whatever. Who knows? I mean, that's just ticky tack stuff right now. I mean, he's you know.
0: It's uh, yeah, in my opinion. I mean, heat he didn't moment. do. It. Heat, heat of the moment, uh, you know, you make split decisions. So, you know.
2: And I know, and I know, I know that tearing tearing him up on social media and this and that about that, but it is what it is. I mean, that
0: didn't win or lose the
2: game there. Yeah.
0: Now, when you when you when you, you know, when you talk championship games, and you know we've we've had uh, fifty Super Bowls, and, and different things have happened in different different games. Um, do, do you expect do you expect teams to blow teams out when you got the two best teams in the, in the league playing? I mean, uh, we've seen that, uh, but do you do you expect you know people were talking about well, it's a low scoring game; it wasn't a whole lot of offense, but you got the two top you know top offense versus top defense. You expect to expect games to be kind of tight. Um. When when you when you watch a, a Super Bowl game, do I mean, you go in there with any expectations, or do you do you, do, you, do you expect them to be blowouts, or what are your thoughts?
2: No, I, I mean, I don't. You know, it, 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 look, anything can be a blowout. I mean, look, if the Panthers don't fumble twice, if they don't get those balls knocked out of Cam's hand, versus with the beat, with the with the offensive play calling and and the offensive game plan properly. A lot of that stuff doesn't happen. It's a whole other game. If if, if they take two mistakes away, Panthers could win that game. It it, it just that when you play against a, a well coached team on both sides, it comes down to the mistakes and who has the ball last anyway, and that's what happened. And I don't expect in any Super Bowl, uh, I don't expect blowouts, but that's always that's always happened historically. You've had blowouts. Some games were over in the first quarter, first half, or second half. Yeah or the beginning of the second half. I mean, you saw what Seattle did two years ago, and then uh, and then you saw what happened with Seattle last year. It came down to one play.
1: Right. Now,
2: a lot of people would want to see a game like that, and I think a lot of people like the game with Denver and the Panthers, but they knew that the Panthers made several mistakes, very serious mistakes in terms of the game, and they lost the game because of their mistakes. I think, I think, frankly, on top of the – a Great defense with, with play and with Von Miller leading the way. The combination of his play and the mistakes of Carolina is why they lost.
0: You don't, you don't,
2: I mean, you, you Von Miller was from another planet that day, and he played like somebody that, that was losing, you know, eating his last meal. I mean, that that kid was really playing, I'm telling
0: you. One of the questions I have, and you, call, you, you talk about coaching and whatnot, what are your thoughts about? Uh, Ron Rivera using both his challenges up in the first half. I mean, he, he had no challenges the rest of the game. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you know, you you get different thoughts on this. Uh, it is a super bowl. Uh, you want to, you want to, uh, try to get every advantage you can. If you think you got, you can win a challenge, take it. But, uh, using, (sighs) using both of those challenges up so early in the, in the contest, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, uh, I, I, wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't have challenged those things, and I, I would preserve everything I would have taken advantage. But with the, the bottom line is, at the, end of the, at, the, at the end of the day, he really didn't need those challenges anyway because they were making so many mistakes that uh, they were coming from behind anyway, and he didn't have any place where he needed to challenge it anyway. Yeah. But but I would think seriously about challenging anything, period, in early going of a ball game and you got to use that to your advantage. But the problem wasn't the challenges. The problem was their game plan. That's what it was. They tried to rely on, on Cam Street and his arm. Well, you got to use everything in an Arsenal. So the challenge thing was not a big deal, in my opinion. It just said he, he just using quick and stuff, and he probably should never use them. And I don't think why he should have used them and he didn't get anything out of it.
0: No, nothing at all. <laughs>
2: I mean, you know. So why did you got to make sure it's a clear cut thing, and I don't even know why they threw the flags out trying to the Chief Times and them. What I would have been been focusing on uh, with the coordinators, making sure that my game plan was tight and making sure that that they they could be, uh, uh, you know, mistake free. They were doing some things that that was not common with the Panthers. And then the only thing is, I think that uh, Denver was more prepared. and And that's the only thing is, I'm just saying that, like, you look at the Pete Carroll team of all his teams. When you go to those kind of games, they're prepared. Those are either tight games or close games, or just piracy saw the game offensively and defensively. And, and you like it and, play at the bench. and, and i'm not blaming. i'm not playing the field that all starts with the coaches and it ends with the coaches yeah true sure, they had mistakes but i mean even even with even without the mistakes it still could have been a different win
0: right
2: they lot of game plan was was sought after what i saw.
0: As a player, uh you get used to a certain routine. Uh you 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 warm up uh so many minutes before the game, you do your stretches and you know, whatever taping and all that kind of stuff. Uh you play, you play the first half. Uh you, you know, you got your you got your halftime and you know, you're back at it, your body's warm, whatever you got to do, whatever your routine is. How much does uh something like the Super Bowl with the extended halftime and, and and all that other kind of stuff Disrupt your your normal routine. I mean, I know well, athletes are superstitious. Athletes like to have things down to a certain thing, and uh, I know some sports more so than others. But uh, does that extended halftime and, and all that all the stuff that are surrounding that uh, does it throw off a guy's routine? Well, frankly, I wouldn't have something.
2: I wouldn't have so much of a long halftime like that. That sort of that that sort of throws rhythm, I and mean, of course, guys need to rest. And, you know, they get a little tired and they get a little tight. But, you know, the they, bodies are so used to And to things you got to remember, also, the Super Bowl and the bowl games stuff and it throws off anyway because you get out of a routine. Right. That's why certain coaches I take to keep a team focused. But the halftime, all the extended halftime and all this kind of stuff, I mean, the thing is, they would say, well, they have enough time to go over and readjust and have more time to work on stuff. You can have that. You can have that argument. But I would just say from the standpoint of just your muscles and getting tight and and whatever you got to really stay warm because you got a next to 15, 20 minutes in that locker room. Normally, you're used to a routine of a, a sixteen game season of going out the same time, right. and then you have the overall layoff anyway. Uh, so, a lot of those are factors. But i would i would have the i would have a halftime where I wouldn't have it so extended. That that's just my thought.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you on that because you know the body, like you said, not only is you, not only are you mentally in a routine, your body uh, adjusts to certain things, and your body's used to that halftime break being a certain amount of time, and you know staying warm. Some
2: guys, some
0: guys, it doesn't really
2: affect, but some guys it does. I mean, it's like some guy can play in the cold weather better than the next guy.
1: Right. I
2: mean, so I mean, it it, it affects you. But every player is different. That's why you know coaches need to, need, need to stay, coaches need to be definitely focused on your kind of team. That's the reason why the Belichick's and the, the, the Pete Carroll's and guys like that. That's why they're always consistent. You always know what they lack, and they know they need they need to improve. And and and, 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 and they're a, a showcase for the league. You know, like like I know a lot of people were baffled about how the Panthers performed. Well, it's preparation and game planning. That's what happened. And then all the time with the, with the extended halftime. Extended this, and then all the issues. So that's what it was. Look, the Broncos were ready, and from that from that standpoint, on the other side of the ball, all those guys over there have been in a Super Bowl. Kubiak's been in a Super Bowl as a, as a coach and as a player.
1: Right.
2: And you got Wade Phillips with all his experience with his father, bum, you know, in all his situation with Dallas. So, so I mean, from that standpoint, coaching wise, you can put it up with the coaching, not with the players. Right. it all ends and starts with the coaches in preparing preparing your team. See, as a former player, that's what I look for. How's my coach going to prepare me? How are we going to go against this team? Are we going to use all our arsenal and our weapons against this team to to come out on top? Well, if you if you go pound for pound, Denver versus uh the Panthers, they don't match. If you look at Cam Newton alone, that's a B. There's nothing like that in the league. <laughs> if you if you look at Cam Newton and what he's capable of doing, oh, hands down they're going to beat him. Well, if you're not prepared, you can have Superman across the line and you're going to get beat. Because football is not only just a physical game, football is an academic game. It's a chess game. It's, it's who has their players in the position to make sure they do the best that they can if they're given, given ability. That's what it's about at the end of the day. Pro football and Division One football is an academic game. Everybody's big. But you got some exception rules like Cam Newton, who is off the planet. So you got a guy that's six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds, and running like me, or one of the halfbacks, or one of those wide receivers, and then he'll run over you like a freight train.
0: Yeah, but
2: you know, so, saying, but he if he's not prepared properly, it's coaches versus coaches.
0: The the, the 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 flip side of that too is is you know we as fans uh we talk about specific individuals, but it, it it's a team sport and you got to rely on ten other guys out there. One guy can't carry a team all, all on his own you know I mean one guy can make a difference, but uh, you know if you, if you miss a block and, and and the guy's getting hit or if you drop a pass or whatever. Drop the ball, you know. You can't be responsible for all of that. So it, it it is, and as you as you've said many times, on any given Sunday, you know. And uh, well, the thing is,
2: the play of the Denver Broncos and the way they played, what Manning did when he got the ball offensively, and what the, what offense did what the defense did for him, he became a great field manager. He managed the game the way he did. He did a good job in that aspect. You know, he got fumbled and got hit, but he managed the game. Right. And that's what he did. And that's what he became at the end of the season. He managed the game. And that's what happened, and that's why they won the game. Looks because so- because if, if the Panther defense could have played anywhere close to what Denver did, that could have been a different game, too.
1: Right. It
2: could have been a defensive game. I mean, it was a defensive game, but if the Panthers would have made two or three plays more that
0: could have made it been a 24-20 game, or it could have been a twenty seven twenty four game. Right. Well, let's talk about the near misses. Uh, you know, we had some we had some teams that, that they get they get to the same position every year. They play in the NFC or AFC championship, or they make the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, Seattle and uh, and uh, um, New England, uh, both there last year. Both you know playing in championship you know championship games the last few years uh what do they look like for next year are they still going to be close or are we are we seeing a new a new regime i know denver was there two years ago but uh and there's going to be some changes at denver probably uh you know quarterback wise and probably some other other people who are up for free agency and stuff like that but uh let's talk about some teams that have been have been there a lot recently do you see them carrying on do we see them getting back into the super bowl in the next year or two I think we lost A.D. Did we lose you? We must have lost him. Listen to Swoops on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, got Anthony Davis, I'll try to get him back. Hey, he's got to get a new phone, man. I'll tell you, a guy of your stature, brother. <laughs> we'll be back after this. All I wanna do hi, hi, this is Sugarland Sugar here, here for RAD, RAD,
1: the entertainment industry's voice for road
2: safety. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. Music lives and so should you. Please plan yeah. ahead. Designate before you Anderson? celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Just love you. A public service message brought to you by the US Department of Transportation, RAD, right, the National Association of Broadcasters, the and the Ad Council.
0: You got me an ID? Yeah, we got we here. Okay, uh, we're here. Did you hear my well, question? Yes.
2: Hmm. As long as Brady, as long as Tom Brady's in the league, in Belichick, and they can do what they can do, they just got to reload. They're always going to be there. The AFC Pittsburgh will be there with Roethlisberger. Okay, Cincinnati's coming coming back. So those are the three teams in the AFC that is going to get. You have to be. Yeah. In the NFC, it's going to be Seattle, the Cardinals. The Panthers will be there. Those are my three those are my six teams that will be there in my parts consistently. You know, uh Arizona, Seattle, and the Panthers in the in, in, in the NFC. Yeah. And those are my six teams that will be there, I think, consistently. I think those teams will be back. This is a big surprise.
0: Do you think uh and those are those are good picks and I and I would tend to agree with you on on, on all of those. Uh, do you th- what do you, what do you think about the move from uh, from St. Louis to L. A. Do you think that changes uh, anything about the play of the Rams, uh, or is it just uh, I mean it's a great market for them and this is where they they were years well, ago. But uh, do you think, uh, I think I, any improvements?
2: I think that, I think that's a little disruptive with the players because they got to move their families, they got to uproot stuff, they got kids in school. It's a big adjustment. They got to get housing. They got to get everything. That's a big deal. It's not even, they're not even thinking about the football field. Right. They're thinking about getting their families there, getting adjusted. Yes, I believe that'll be some effect because a whole other environment. You're coming out here to California. They got to find houses, kids, school, readjusting, the whole deal. That, that, that alone will keep the team not focused.
0: Yeah, because this is really, it's really not much time. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, season... you here, here we are in February. They got in six months. They got to get ready to train.
1: Right.
2: Well, so now, what about off season training? What are you doing about it? Where, where are you going? Where you got to go? What facility are you going to? Where are you going to go work out? You going to work out in St. Louis and stay there? You got to come out here. So that's going to be so. That's going to be very disruptive, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Just like when they moved from LA to St. Louis. I've heard the stories about what happened when they moved from here to St. Louis twenty years ago. It's the same thing coming to California. Yeah, so that's, it's why, that's not, what it's not, it is. it's
0: not like moving up the coast, you know. It's 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 well, it's a big well I
2: mean you you you, you flying across the Midwest. Right. And I bet you guys these guys are out here now trying to find houses. And I'm sure they've had many discussions where they go. There's going to be relatives out there looking for them, so I know they're out there trying to do something now.
1: <laughs>
2: That's that 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 could be very disruptive. So the Rams to give some leeway because it's going, be, it's going to be a tough go. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and who knows? They might come in and just to do well, but I will think off the field or something like that would be a tough day.
0: Yeah. Whew. Well, I tell you, it's uh, it's always uh, it's always uh, kind of interesting when you see these teams move and and what can happen you know like you said it's not like moving from LA back to Oakland or Oakland down to LA you know you're talking about a a big a big move and and you know you you really can't leave your family behind and and there's a whole lot of things go along with that AD you know we we've talked about a lot about your book and, and about concussions and things like that and and uh you know each each week, each week we hear about uh, some player who either passes away and, and is there's evidence of CTE found, or, or you hear somebody who's going through some struggles. Uh, you know, they, they kind of you know look like they're, they're, they're CTE related. Um, your thoughts about uh, you know we've talked about this in the past. What the NFL are they doing? What what they're doing? Are they make, are they going to make improvements this year? uh I know what you want them to do what you expect to, that you that you expect to see out of those owners but uh have you been hearing anything that's is, is moving things in the positive direction?
2: Well you know I mean I keep preaching this so... time all right
0: that's I'm, Ad, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap it up, man, because you're you're just I, I can't hear you. And uh, the phone going out. There you go. There you go. I got you. Wherever you're at, don't move. You keep preaching hey, what? I'm not moving. You said you keep preaching, and then you went out.
2: What what I'm saying is the doctor Daniel, who my companion is, we work on this and we talk about it, and we preach it all the time. Is that we you know he has a comprehensive supplement program, hyperbaric treatment. And they, I just wish the National Football League and everyone embraced what he's doing. And I wish everybody in the country collectively would get together and get sit around a round table and discuss how we can help these ball players currently playing and when they retire. That's all I'm asking. All I'm saying to you, NFL, NFL owners, just take care of the guys who made the brand and who built the brand. Right. There's a lot of guys out here suffering. There's horror stories out there. There's a lot of guys passing away. There's guys in are able to work or function and enjoy. I mean this is and uh, and I'm sure a lot of ball players today are very aware of that. That's why these guys are thinking about retiring now because of the head the concussion situation. Right. And across society, I mean all kinda of things. I mean football, baseball, you know, football, hockey, soccer, you know. And the main thing is the soldiers coming home too. Yeah. So I think the government needs to be more about that. I think it should be a serious roundtable in terms of what we need to do with comparing this. And you talk about CTE. Well, I think CTE is in the living. You know, when they find when these guys, they find these, these former athletes who pass away, and they're finding that the CTE. Well, I think they're working on the test now to develop where you can find if you have CTE in the living. I believe I have it. I believe I'm managing now under my supplements in the program that I'm on. So I'm going to be the preacher and advocate of taking care of your brain. And I want the league to get together and, and help these former players that are suffering. And I'm going to keep advocating that. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I wrote the book, and Dr. Andrew wrote it for, and uh, he calls me father follow his brain study of 150-some-odd ball players that he scanned and found horrible things, and he's treated so many of them. And a lot of people collectively need to join force with him to combat it and help him. You know, you know I'm not trying to abolish pro football. I'm just saying help the guys who make who makes the league. And, you know, the a problem. I mean, I know some passion owners, and I know they want their former players to help them live prosperous for a lot, but they've got to step up and help even more.
0: I'd like to see the the, the players' association uh, get more involved, and in, they, they may be, but I don't hear about it. So you know, they need to. You'd like to see the, the, they're the they're the spokespeople, the advocates for the uh, for the player. Um, you know, they do the negotiating for contracts and stuff like that. So you know, I'd like to see them get more involved in this, at least on a, at least on a, a public level.
2: Well, everyone should do it, and every and everyone should do it. The players' association, the Tire players' association, the owners. We all need to get together. And, and, and do it across all sports. And, and, and just talk about it in general, about society. This is a societal issue. Right. This is not a sport issue. But since they're putting the focus on what happens in the National Football League, when they see those collisions, you know, because I look at these collisions and you know something, I, I look at a guy and say, hey, he's got a problem. When I see a guy get hit a certain way, oh, I, he needs to get checked. <laughs> 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 every game that I see, every game that I see or any kind of contact I see, you know, th- this guy has some trauma. And that's what I think about now. Yeah. The used to go, I didn't even think about that. I can shake it off. No big deal. Well, now that I know what kind of damage you can can be delivered and how long lasting effects of it, you know, that's why I'm one of these advocate of it, you know, talking about, it, you know. Yeah, it's a game I love, the game I played, but I know the consequences of playing the game. That's and true. my biggest thing is like I tell people, I had a choice. I was top one, I was top draft choice in baseball. I didn't have to play, but I I had no clue what I know today, I'd have never stepped on the football field.
0: A.D., Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer uh, Recovered His Brain is your book. It's available out there on Lulu and Amazon, and I encourage everybody to get it. I want to thank you for joining us again, brother, and uh, we'll do it again next week.
2: Well, I, I thank you. We've we got to do something about the phones, I know,
0: but uh, sorry. Sorry again, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, man. We'll talk. Thank you. Thank you. Well, great, Thank you. Anthony Davis, everybody. And uh, you've been listening to Swoops Roll on Talk Story Radio Network. We'll take our last break and come back and wrap things up. This one here is Art Zavala Jr., Laugh It Off. It's All a Dream. Back after this.
1: If I showed you it's all a dream, would you like Could it free? Oh, it's still.
0: Swoops from on the Talk Story Radio Network, uh, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. want to thank Bob Case as well as Anthony Davis for joining us tonight. And, uh, of course, I'll be on uh, co-hosting with Xander Gibb tomorrow on XRAD Daily on the, the Blog Talk Radio Network. Xandermonium is the uh, Blog Talk Radio Network uh, show, and uh, the name, title of the show is XRAD Daily. So if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Xandermonium, it'll get you there. Be on at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Look forward to chatting with uh, Xander tomorrow and always a, a fun time with him. Back next week, right here, same bat time, babe, same bat channel. As we always say, dream as if you live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.